Hello, everyone. This is Tanner Litchfield, the investor Tanner on all platforms. I am pumped to be on the Million Dollar Mind podcast. There's going to be some gems like there always is in this podcast. Five stars. If you're going anywhere on the road, working out, whatever it may be, make sure you tune into this podcast and you will hear some gems that will change your life. Let's get it. What's going on, millionaires? You're listening to the Million Dollar Mind podcast, episode 141 on ways to buy real estate the creative way. What is up, millionaires? My name is Tanner Litchfield, also known as the Investor Tanner on all social media platforms. In today's episode, I hope to paint a clear picture on how you can jump into real estate investing, no matter the time limit, no matter the money. So make sure you are locked in with us on the Million Dollar Mind podcast. There's going to be some gems. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mind podcast, the world's most trusted podcast for passion and attraction. You are in the right place if you're here for money making tips and tricks to living a more passionate life. Today, we have the man of the hour. You heard a little bit from him. His name is Tanner Litchfield, also known as the Investor Tanner. And as I said to you, Tanner, I was super you know, stoked to have you on the show, just kind of following your journey on, on uh, social media and Instagram. And I really appreciate that you even you know, document the process. And you know, that's important for people to kind of really see what they're getting into. So um, I'm excited to have you on the show. And I know the millionaire is going to begin some gems. Uh, Tanner is also a real estate investor. And this is pretty interesting as well went from zero to 10 rental units at the age of 25. And this was over the course of a, a, a year, I believe. And then without further ado, we have Tanner, the mentor and real estate educator. So tell us a little bit about that second fact, Tanner. Was that all in one year? I kind of seen it on your Instagram and wanted a little bit more clarity as to um, that growth. Yeah. So that's all been in the past 12 months, um, mm-hmm. all within a year. And honestly, the first two years. So I I say that I've been in real estate for three years Mm -hmm. and the first two of those years was just straight grinding, like knowledge wise. Um, And I don't want to say that that wasn't part of my journey because those are probably the hardest times. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I finally was introduced to a mentor who helped me actually take action. And, and that's, when that year started, so about a year ago today, is when I met my mentor and he helped me acquire um, these units. So, awesome! That that that's what's up, man. In, in just one year, and I, I love to hear that you had a mentor as well. We we constantly talk about, you know, on the show, just having that accountability and looking for other people to you know rely on and and get feedback from, and just really use mentors as a counsel for avoiding completely avoidable mistakes. Cause if you try to do it all on your own, you're just left to figure it all out and fail all by yourself and, you know, give up on yourself from time to time. But having that mentor is pretty much what you need to keep pushing. So uh, I guess we could start there or even wherever uh, really Tanner, as far as your story and how you initially jumped into real estate, was it before this mentor or was it around the same town that you found them? Um, no. So it started before then. And I like to tell this story as how I first got into real estate or wanted to, Mm -hmm. Um, even though it's not 
the exact answer and you'll see why. But this was in fifth grade. Um, my teacher was Miss Wagner. Wow. And I was the class clown. I was always getting in trouble. I was always that kid who was in detention. And we had like this money society in our class. So like if you were good, you got money. If you got in trouble, you would get fined and you'd you'd lose some money. Mm-hmm. And it was a pretty cool system to be honest. So we like had to pay rent or we had to pay our mortgage on our desk. And if you didn't pay your rent or your mortgage, then you could foreclose on your desk. So what happens if you if you lost it? Did somebody <laughs> yeah. take your seat? <laughs> so this is what happened. I got way too many fines. I was clowning in class and I my desk was foreclosed on. And what happens is instead of me owning it, I would pay the teacher or a student could buy my desk. So mm. the smartest kid in my class, I still remember his name, Akshay, he bought my desk. And so I was now making this guy richer. And I was over here still broke, still getting my fines. And I had to pay rent to Akshay. And so I, I obviously got behind because I couldn't pay. And I always thought back on that moment, like, I didn't want to be that person. I wanted to be the one collecting the rent um, and not be in a situation where I was that low, I guess. And there's, there's other situations. It's not about all about the money. Um, But I think growing up now getting more serious um, growing up, I saw a lot of people around me Mm -hmm. and their lifestyle really stood out to me those that were investing in real estate because they had freedom with their family. And that's, that's the biggest motivator for me is seeing those people um, 45, 40 years old, and they're doing whatever they want with their family mm-hmm. um, and they live a comfortable lifestyle. So I, I saw a few of those people around me where um, it was family, friends, or my friends, parents, whatever it was. And so I kind of grew up on that. And after college, or I guess even during college, I thought I wanted to be a dentist. And then I realized I kind of just wanted the money, right? I just wanted Mm -hmm. to kind of that. um, Security. Yeah. There's there's also security to it, to it. It's like that makes, cause I was in a similar situation, man. I, um, uh, man but first we gotta we gotta first go back to um <laughs> the 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 whole scenario in fifth grade like I can only imagine being in fifth grade you know going through that type of money system that's pretty interesting and creative so I think you got a shout out what school did you go to I went to Cedarwood Elementary in here man, in Washington sh- shout out to, to Cedarwood I wish they had something like that in in Philadelphia I wouldn't I'm even thinking about doing that if I was to ever create a school like yeah you know something like that because that's big like that's just not just real estate but it's just a concept of money and in life and teaching you that is more important than like trigonometry and algebra these things exactly. are good skills to have but they're not life skills um so that's kudos to them man and back to your, your situation of the reason why I think 
a lot of us share that same why of wanting to spend time with our family time, that time freedom and, and things of that nature. So that resonates with, you know, not just me, with a, but with a lot of people. And um, I guess from the experiences that you've had so far in having those lessons and those mistakes that have been made, you know, what experience do you think kind of built you up to the present, the investor that you are today? Yeah, that's a good question. And honestly, I think this happened more so in my, uh, my research phase. So those first two years. So I was at a time in my life, um, I had just got married. Um, I was taking 18 credits of school. I had a full-time job and I was busting my butt trying to learn real estate. Um, Cause I knew that if I worked hard enough, I could make money in that industry. So I, I had, I was doing way too much. I ended up moving states, changing jobs throughout all this. So Mm -hmm. um, my priorities were out of line, to be honest. Like I, I had a certain amount of time and I thought the money and the success was what I, I needed to put my last little bit of time into. And my health deteriorated because of that. So I was, I almost lost my colon because I was like so stressed and um, my colon was dilating like more and more every week. I was doing hundreds of tests and the doctor literally told me like, you need to find ways to lower your stress um, or else you're going to lose your colon. And obviously I didn't want that to happen. And so it was kind of like a, a humbling moment. And I realized that why I want to be an investor and why I want to become successful is so that I can spend time with my family so I can help others in need. And that's why I wanted to have that, that freedom. And I got twisted in my head thinking that the money was the end all be all. And with my priorities being out of check, my health also deteriorated. Mm-hmm. So now every single day in my planner, when I do my planning, which I'm huge about, I write God, family, health every single day. What's my focus? God, family, health. And I know if, if I focus on those three things, my business and investing will follow after. And as much as I thought it would be the opposite, like if I, if I only focus on investing, I'm going to be I'm going to be free. I'm going to be able to help my family. And then I can give back as much as, as I want later. But mm-hmm. in reality, if I focus on those things now, um, with my priorities in check, my health is going to be better. My mental health is going to be better. And I can focus on being a better investor and, and business person as well. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I agree with that a hundred percent. You put focused on the right things and it sounds like, you know, you got those core values, God, family, health, you know, that's, something that really means a lot and you start to attract and everything is really intentional. Now, when you have the, your core values in mind, it just makes planning, it makes movement, it makes accomplishments, everything a lot easier because now you're more intentional and focused towards those things that you repeat to yourself every day. So um, that's something that we're big on and talking about those core values. And uh, I think a lot, people, a lot of people can really learn from that experience. And I'm glad to hear that you picking up from, from that health and, managing that stress. And that's actually one of the questions that I ask at the end of every episode, but I would love to ask you now, uh, Tanner is 
outside of the planning and things, what, what other things have you um, done to kind of like manage that stress and, you know, just make yourself feel at ease or at peace at mind? Yeah, of course. And I, I love the concept of enjoying the journey without getting mm-hmm. too distracted by the finish line. Um, and another note on that is I always want to be proud of where I am today, but mm-hmm. I never want to be satisfied. And I think those are two different things. I can be proud of, of how far I've come um, and still have that grit um, to keep pushing forward to be a better version of myself. So that that motivates me being proud but not satisfied, and so that helps me keep that self love and um, that peace of mind and keeping those priorities in check keeps all that in line as well. So, one hundred percent, it's like you got to stay hungry, you got to want more. It's not being satisfied, but still being like you said, proud. Just wake up every day, just happy to be you, happy to be yourself, happy for opportunities, open to opportunities all of that, all of that, that's big. So I appreciate you sharing, sharing that with us, uh, Tanner. And um, going back to your, your investments and the experience that you've been having so far, did you start out with like house hacking or were you buying straight rentals uh, during that period where you went from zero to 10, man, that's, that's big. Yeah. I, I think I skipped over that in this conversation. So my apologies, but no, no, you're, um, you're good. So it all happened with me I found, I wanted to find an off-market deal. I had heard about like that, that's where you're going to get the discounts. And I didn't really have too much direction on how to find these off-market deals. And so with my knowledge at that time, it was for sale by owners. So I was just blasting having as many conversations as I could with for sale by owners. And if any of you guys are in the space, real estate for sale by owners are like notorious for being very unrealistic. (laughs) they think that they there's a lot of emotional pull when you're selling your house so i get that but they think that their property is worth a lot more than it truly is because they lived there for 20 years they put all this time and effort into it so i was dealing with a ton of people who are unrealistic but i was motivated i was dedicated and i finally found someone who was selling a fourplex in eastern washington And he wasn't budging at the price that I wanted. But six months later, he got more motivated because he was unrealistic. And I had kept my communication with him. And I got the deal locked up at what I wanted. Mm. Um, And at this time, I was using bigger pockets as kind of my reference. So I wanted 8% cash on cash return. Um. But that honestly just spiraled into, I met my mentor through that process. Mm-hmm. He was actually bidding on that same property. And because he liked investing in that Eastern Washington area, um, but he lived closer to me. And I met him through that process. And he really like just put me under his wing. His name's Scotty. Shout out, Scotty. I say shout out, Scotty, probably three times a week in my videos, I swear, because I owe a lot to that guy. And he eventually um, taught me more about how to find these off-market deals. And then he introduced me to Thatch, Thatch Nguyen. Um, And Thatch has been a personal mentor of mine. He'll call me randomly. He'll text me, ask what I'm doing, why I've been silent. 
just having people like that in my corner mm-hmm. who really hold me accountable and can guide me through the process has been like night and day. So once I had those people on my side, obviously I didn't want to let them down. And I knew that I, I could work hard enough to um, get results. And so that's what I did. I found these off-market deals. I wholesaled my first couple. I had capital from doing software sales, which is my nine to five. And I was able to buy my next uh, four deals that were off market. Mm-hmm. And so those, those deals accumulated to, to 10 units. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my journey. Nice. Nice. Well, shout out Scotty for instilling so much in, in you that man, you, you, you feel as though you owe a lot to that person. That means that they've done a great deal for you. And it's important that we have more people like Scotty, it sounds like, man. So uh, shout out, Scotty. Uh, let's talk about the fortune and the follow-ups, because you said it took six months for this one seller to, to get back to you as far as um you guys past conversations on, on buying? Yes, sir. Man. Yes, sir. Man, this is definitely fortunate in the follow-ups. A lot of people, sometimes we we just touch people one time and it just take no for an answer. But sometimes no means next opportunity, but it also just means not this moment, you know, come back in a couple more days or a couple more months in this case, and we may be able to be, you know, in motion. So out of everything that we talked about so far, Tanner, why, why real estate? Why is real estate outside of, of course, to spend more time with family, but what is it that attracts real estate as the vehicle that you're using to accomplish that time freedom? Yeah. So I kind of want to answer this in, in two parts, okay. because I think like, on the surface level, there's, it's an awesome way to earn wealth and to, to get money. And so I think that that's one side of it is the money and also seeing like the satisfaction with um, seeing a house go from like dilapidated to this beautiful structure. Um, I think that's also pretty surface level, but two things that I, I, I enjoy is the money and the satisfaction, but on a deeper sense, I think there's a lot of problem solving and creative problem solving in this process with real estate. And that's something that I've I've always enjoyed. And I I like finding these these win-win situations. So it it can't just be a win-win or it can't be a win with for me and terrible for the seller. That that's not a deal I want to take part in. It's Mm -hmm. got to be a win-win on both sides. And in order for that to happen, it's got to be a creative process. Yes, sir. And that's, I think there's a lot of talk about real estate investors of how they're taking these old grandmas out of their home and Mm -hmm. causing like people to live in terrible situations. And honest, honestly, like, I think that's furthest from the truth. When I, I meet people who are in these situations where they can't fix up their house, they, they need to move to Montana because their grandpa's dying or their sister's dying, but they can't sell their house because it's, it's not in a condition to. Mm-hmm. Well, I, as an off-market hustler, can offer a service to them. And that's, that's where these situations come into play. It's not like I'm just lowballing and um, kicking these people to the curb. There's always a, a win-win situation if I'm doing a deal. Right. Uh, 1000% Tanner. I agree because it, it, sometimes we forget that not every, you're not everyone's cup of tea, right? You know, 
not everyone is going to be able to understand the methods and, and tactics that, you know, investors use because you invest, you're an investor, you still have to make money. So it's like, of course, we're doing it with the thought that we can make some money off of this transaction, but it's not out of the, 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 the evil or malicious mindset of, you know, taking people out of the, the house and home, <laughs> which is how some people could, you know, could say specifically wholesaling. Um, yep. It gets a bad rap, you know, just the name wholesaling. Some people would, you know, shy away from it. Like people do sales, um, but it's just about more so figuring out which is your vehicle and understand that there are nasty people in every industry. It's not just one thing. You know, Amen. you have people who have unethical practices in everything, you know, you just have to be wary of those people, but you can't walk around thinking that everybody's out to get you or, you know, snaking you. Cause that's a scarcity type of mindset. You want abundance. And exactly. I sure, I, I'm sure I don't have to tell you Tanner, cause you yes. have God, family and health as your core value. So it's like, you understand it's abundance. There is an abundance of opportunity for everyone. Just be a good person. <laughs> exactly. So if, if you could have done anything differently, um, what would, what do you think that you would do and, and why? Um, before I answer that, I do want to add on to that is I think real estate investing is a very tight knit community and those that are unethical get kicked to the curb really quick. Like it is, it's an awesome group to be a part of. And if you are unethical, you will not last. So that's one note. And then the other going off that win-win scenario, if, if I'm not going to make money in the deal, um, it's not a win-win scenario. Maybe it's just a win for the seller. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I can make money and I'm solving their need based on what their solution or problem is, then that's when I, I roll through with the deal. But now going on to your question. So what would I do differently if, if I were to start over is that? Is that the question? Did I get that right? Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's the question. Okay. So, I mean, I, I've had the opportunity to talk to some amazing people in the space. I mean, just networking in general has really shown some light on, on what I would do differently. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest thing is I'm, I'm a firm believer of networking in general. I, I, I believe that your net worth is your network. I'll mm-hmm. say that a hundred times. And so finding ways to get creative with networking is huge. And I was actually meeting with Zasha. She's a, an investor in Maui. She does quite a bit on social media. Um, and she's, she's been doing amazing with, with networking. And I asked her, like, what's your secret sauce? And she told me, find out how you can provide service to people that you want to learn from. And that's, that's not easy. If, if you're dealing with people who are rich and have everything, you're going to have to get more creative than, hey, can I take you out to lunch to pick your brain? Hey, mm-hmm. can I pick your brain in general? And that's what I honestly did. Hey, at the very beginning, I was like, hey, can I pick your brain? Can I pick your brain? I get that from different people like several times a week. Can I pick your brain? Can I pick your brain? And that's not to say that that they're like doing it the wrong way. Well, I guess they are doing it the wrong way, but they just don't know better. Mm-hmm. And so what I would do differently, because I did that same thing, 
try and find a way that you can add value to that person's life. Right. Whether it's, it's buying their calculator, whether it's taking them out to their favorite spot, if they're not filthy rich and mm-hmm. you got to be creative. Every person's different. Even Thatch being like one of my good friends now, like I still got to fight for that guy's time because he's so, so busy. So I'm taking him out to his favorite steakhouse. I'm, I'm telling him I'll donate to his. I'm just like, yo, even though he's my friend, his priorities do not involve me. Right. And, and so I got to find ways to get creative to get his time. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would suggest really, really thinking about how you can add value to these people's life and then just start networking with as many people as you can. As soon as you're in that circle, you'll have all the direction you need. And it's just about your work ethic at that point. Yeah. And, and your mindset, I guess I should say more importantly. Definitely the mindset. And it's, you know, growing up, I've always heard this, the saying, you know, if you hang around the fire, you're going to get lit. You know, if you hang around the people that are doing the things that you're trying to do and seeing success and spending as much time as they want with their family and traveling, and those are things that you want to do, get close to them. <laughs> yeah, And you will eventually start doing those things just off of default. Um, so that's huge. And we, we talked a lot about rentals and, you know, a little bit about wholesaling, uh, Tanner. Did, is, do you prefer rentals over flips? Have you, you know, dabbled in flips? Do you have like pros and cons on why you prefer rentals over flips? Yeah, that's a good question. So I always want to coin myself as an investor. And mm-hmm. I, so I'm never a wholesaler. I'm never a flipper. I'm never mm-hmm. just a, a buy and hold investor. And so the reason I do that is because I want to find the best use case per deal. I don't want to just have the mindset, I'm going to wholesale everything or I'm going to flip everything because based on different situations, margin being the main one, um, I might wholesale this or I might keep it. And so, um, but the, the shorter answer to your question is I prefer to hold. That's always my long-term Mm-hmm. Uh, the long term is always to own more rentals because that's that's what's going to get me closer to that freedom. So I I want to assess when I have the deal in front of me, but the long term goal is always to own. And let the church say, "Come on, somebody!" You said something there. <laughs> you said yeah. something there, Tanner. But yeah, no, I I agree a hundred percent, and um, I, I like the way that you put that. Uh, what you were saying beforehand on, you know, just calling yourself an investor and not really putting yourself in a box. I think a lot of times we're quick to confine ourselves and put ourselves in these bubbles and in these, these uh, groups, these, these niches or these clicks. It's important to have a niche, but we don't have to bottle ourselves solely specific around only those types of people uh, and only those types of actions when we can be a little bit more broad and more specific as far as what we want per deal, uh, taking it day by day <laughs> instead exactly. of this whole broad um, assumption. But no, I, I like that, Tanner. And so now I want to switch gears a little bit into uh, more of the, the content of, of today's episode and our conversation and more so getting into mindset and a lot of things we talked about previously, but how were you able to you know, identify which exit strategy was going to be best for you? So as, since we're talking about deal for deal, um, and a little, you don't have to go too crazy into analysis, but, you know, just kind of 
helping people understand the mindsets and things that they need to put in place. Um, how did you analyze a deal and say, this is the exit strategy that will be best for this one? Yeah. So I, I think number one is, is margin. And just to kind of add on, on to what you said, you don't want to put yourself in a box, but you also want to focus. And so I, I'm very like focused on my niche of finding off market deals. That is what I'm best at. That is what I coach people on. And that is what I've excelled at. Now, when I actually find that off market deal, that's when I get outside of my box of, am I going to wholesale? Am I going to flip? Am I going to burr? Or am I just going to hold? And so if it's, if it's 15% or lower on margin, I'm not going to flip that. I'll probably wholesale it or list it since I have my license. Mm. If it's 15 to 25%, um, I'm going to flip most likely, or maybe hold if it's in an area that I like. Um, and then 25% plus margin, and I'm going to burr or keep it. Um, and that's just like the, the very brief framework. I also keep like location in mind. I don't mm -hmm. care if it's a 20% margin, but if it's somewhere that I don't, I'm not super familiar with, or I don't want to travel to, then I won't keep it. I won't flip it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. And something that um, you should definitely keep in mind. You don't want to be, uh, it shouldn't feel like a bothersome. It shouldn't feel like work. It should feel like uh, a passion. It should feel like, you know, something that you're, you, you're, you're very thoughtful of on and you just don't kind of, you know, put it to the side and things of that nature. But um, if you could help out and give some advice as far as mindsets, um, what, what type of mindset should some of us adopt to be able to be in a position like you were at, at 25 and, and purchasing 10 units in a single year? Yeah. And this is a mindset that I've just recently coined and Mm -hmm. I call it action over accomplishments. And that mm -hmm. that's what I, I really want to hone in on is the end goal doesn't always have to be getting a deal. The end goal doesn't always have to be like getting 10 units like Tanner and, mm -hmm. and comparing yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. I want, I want your measure of success to be action. And so if you're calling a hundred people a day or calling 500 people a week, that should feel like a success to you instead of, oh, I never got my wholesale deal. Um, because I think that can, that can weigh in on you. If, if you are just focused on what other people have or focused on the gold, the gold medal at the end, it can be hard on that journey. Mm. And so just figuring out different ways to measure your goals. Um, is huge on, on, on the mindset side. And, and, and that's so hard sometimes too, because oftentimes you have to still keep in mind the, your wants and desires because of that law of attraction. You know, you don't want to lose sight of, you know, what you're doing it for and the things that you want, they say, the harder you visualize it, the, the closer it gets. But um, I do agree, Tanner, that at some point you don't want to, you know, think too much into it to where you you forget about the actions that it takes and you're just thinking about the result. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It, it, it's tricky. It's like a double-edged sword and I, I can see how that can be tricky for a, a lot of people. Um, so where in what you do now, did you find your passion? And I know that, you know, 
looking for the deals and doing all the calls and you know some of these actions are not the funnest actions to do um but you know where and what you do now did you find your passion and um your calling yeah so i i was actually at a, a dinner with some of my some of my buddies a few nights ago and mm-hmm. pretty almost all my buddies are in real estate nowadays just because that's who i hang around um and so they're all in real estate in one way or another and my buddy his name's Trey he's in commercial real estate and he said i don't know how you have so much passion for real estate tanner like commercial real estate is a way for me to make money it's it's all about the numbers for me and i have i have no passion involved in it mm-hmm. and that was like very respectable to me cuz investing in general should be numbers evidence based and and no emotion behind it mm-hmm. but here i am on the other side getting like pumped about these deals like I walk into a house and I leave, like, I'm all giddy. I'm excited. I just have that passion. And I, I think it's because of that creative problem solving that I talked about earlier. When I go into a, a place that looks like garbage and I see where I can add a bathroom right here, I could subdivide and, and sell this lot over here. Um, oh, this would be a great Airbnb. It's right next to the airport. It's an A-frame in the woods. Seeing things like that get me hyped about real estate. And I don't know if that's something that I learned or just kind of came through the process, but mm-hmm. I do have a passion for it. And I, I love walking up to a, a problem and, and figuring out a solution. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's big. That's big. And I, I really like that term creative problem, creative problem solving. It, it's a lot about helping people. And I can see why for some people, especially for you, if that's you know something that you live by creative problem solving, that's where a lot of that passion comes. The passion comes from your abilities to be able to help people. Um, and if you're just doing it for, you know, the money and, you know, that's when it's solely just an investment. You know, but it's possible for people to get emotional around investments. And, you know, I think that's what even drives us even more. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for so, sure. Um, here's a little bit of an odd question. Uh, but what about the journey didn't you enjoy or don't you enjoy, but you found is absolutely necessary to the process? Yeah, I think this is a very general way of answering that question. hmm but being uncomfortable is not enjoyable. But being uncomfortable is key to any journey of success. And so my, my saying is I need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. As soon as I am outside of that comfort zone, I know I'm progressing. As soon as I find myself comfortable in a time that I shouldn't be, I know that that my progress has stopped. It's like so you're I, in my I, head right now, Tanner. It's like you, you're in my head, man. <laughs> well, that's, I don't know if I was, I answered your question specifically, but that, that's what I would say is just being uncomfortable isn't fun, but it's necessary for success. Yeah. So I, I it, it kind of does answer the question, but I, once you said, you know, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, you already had me. I was just kind of like, just zoned in on that because I go. say that so often. It's like you got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's like you got to feel like you're not doing enough. You should be doing a little bit more. 
You know, you should be doing, you can always do a little bit more yeah. um, to make yourself not lax. Cause if you're not ready, what's going to happen when the, when the opportunity comes, comes knocking. Someone's going to take ready. your job. Stay ready. Never got to get ready. Yes, sir. Come on now. Come on now. So Santa, we're going to switch gears a little bit. I got uh, my handy dandy pod decks on me. So we're going to do uh, what I like to call rapid fire. And uh, these are just five random questions I'm going to ask you. They have nothing to do with our conversation. Uh, so it's just, you know, have fun with it. Be brief and be brilliant, like I always say. Um, but uh, don't, try not to think too hard on it either. Okay. All right. First one I got for you is, uh, what would be the worst ingredients to fill a burrito with? Oh, my goodness. The worst ingredient to fill a burrito with? Yeah. Off the top of my head, orange juice is not a good combo. Oh, yeah. yeah. Orange <laughs> juice. First of all, right, that's you're a telling me not burrito. to think too hard. So this, I'm just throwing you answers. Yeah. <laughs> that's like that's a soggy ass burrito, is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, <laughs> bro. Mix <laughs> right, so, some spices. Your your tongue's gonna be playing some weird games on you. What's something that what's something weird that you would recommend everyone tries at least once? Ketchup with your grilled cheese sandwich. That don't sound too bad though. That don't sound too bad. Cause like it's still tomato and I dip it in tomato like tomato soup. Yeah, bro. I I grew up on that and I didn't know it was weird till people started making fun of me in school. So and I grilled cheese. Yeah. Not too bad, man. I, so I went to this, so this is a spot in Miami that me and my wife like to go to. It's called Killer Melts. They uh-huh. do like all these like gourmet grilled cheese sandwiches. And so I've had some like salt, I had some like balsamic sauce on a grilled cheese with some like like a tomato basil type thing i've had ketchup on like they got this like mac and cheeseburger grilled cheese i haven't had that one but i I don't eat meat but i've heard it was good so it's like that's not too weird for me i don't know yeah Yeah, they must not have that where a lot of your your survey size came from no 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 sir are you you're in atlanta right yeah i'm in atlanta but i'm originally from philly okay dope Yeah, yeah yeah i I know you say you don't eat meat. I I was in Atlanta on a layover mm-hmm. and I had Bojangles. <laughs> okay, Bro, yeah. that changed my life. I <laughs> it's the only time I've ever had it. It's the best chicken sandwich I ever had. And I'm just I'm trying to go to Atlanta just for Bojangles. Wherever I need to be to get Bojangles, I'm there. Yeah, it's a few of them. They they pretty much like Zaxby's down here. You see them everywhere. Yeah, bro. I not not here in the in the West Coast. <laughs> All right, so we got number number three. What's the funniest text you've ever received, <laughs> bro? That's an interesting one. <laughs> that's the first this, look. A lot of these I'm just shuffling through because I've asked them plenty of times on the show. This is the first time I got this <laughs> card. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that's something I needed to like think about. But... <laughs> yeah, I I definitely get that way. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I can't even think of one. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a tough one. All right, so can I skip? Do I get yeah, a skip? All yeah, right, you get a skip. Here we go. Number three. What would you rather be, the most popular kid in school or the smartest kid in school? Smartest, one hundred percent. Okay. What was the weirdest thing? What's the weirdest thing you find attractive in a person? The weirdest thing I find attractive in a person. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
I've always liked short girls. I mean, my wife is like five foot two, maybe yes. five foot four. Now I'm put on the spot. I'm like, yeah, see, she talks, she's taller than my wife. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. I don't know how weird that is, but that's just always been been something. No, well, I guess we weird together, brother. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> what what things do you do every day that you wish you could automate? We'll end it at that one. Preparing food, bro. I, for the longest time, I like, I'm a foodie. I love food. I love, but it just takes so much time. And I see like LeBron and these people who are investing so much money into their, their health, have these amazing cooks. I'm like, bro, if I had that, I'd, I'd be whatever I wanted to be. I'd be 5% body fat, 170, whatever, whatever it meant. Mm -hmm. They're cooking some gas meals and they don't have to put any effort into it so that's right that's definitely something that i want automate dinner breakfast lunch and dinner yes sir serve I'm it taking, on a platter yeah i'm taking that one that's that's goals <laughs> yeah, let's go so the uh, so man we started to wrap things up tanner and i gotta say i appreciate you you know again for taking time out and you really did come with some gems and i i think our millionaires is going to take this episode and it's going to give them some you know inspiration to you know, get up and, and make it happen day by day. So I appreciate you again, brother. And um, the what, what's this closing question that I was going to ask, we, we talked about that already with, you know, dealing with stress. But um, with this one, I asked a lot during season three, and I, I guess I'll bring it back and, you know, help us understand what you've defined as uh, self-love and how important is self-love to you? Yeah, I mean, self-love to me, is is health just mm. to put it simply so um what i can do to make my mind right and my body right and that that's self-love so i mean i don't know if this is answering your question right but every single day i'm i'm going to be reading reading scripture i'm going to be praying i'm going to be stretching meditating um those are those are goals. I, I mean, I'm not perfect at that, but I strive to do that for for self love and um, so that I can feel like I I'm progressing towards the right things in life. So again, stretching is is huge. Meditation, um, spiritual needs, all those things to help me feel right mentally. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I feel mentally like ready working out is, is easy for me. So that goes into exercise right after, but I got to be mentally right before I'm getting in the gym. So mm-hmm. that's 1,000%. what I Hell yeah. That, that, that 1,000% answers the question, man. <laughs> you are, that's a pretty good definition of self-love. I agree. It's, it's, it's uh, abundance of health as long as you're caring about your health. So um, let's say you walking down the street and you um, happen to see 18 year old self you know, what would be some advice that you would give to yourself at the age of 18? That's a good question. I would honestly say be curious enough to learn from everyone, but be bold enough to pave your own path. Um, and you got to say that one again. You got to say that one again, Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, be curious enough to learn from everyone but be bold enough to pave your own path. Mm. And honestly, I, 
I just came up with that, but I think that that speaks a lot to, to my journey. Mm-hmm. I think in today's day and age, like there's so much information out there. There's so many gurus. There's so many preaching that their way is the right way. And so I think there's a lot that you can learn from those people, but you should have enough self-discipline and encourage to pave your own path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like their way works for them, but I have my own way. Yeah. You know, it's not exactly. just their way or no way. It's it's a whole bunch of different ways. And that's what yep. we don't understand. It's a lot of different ways to figure it out. We all got our own way. Um, so yeah, now Tanner, again, I just want to say uh thank you. I want to give you this time to, you know, tell us a little bit more about where we can find you, any projects you have coming up, you know, some things that you're super excited about. Now I want to give you that space to to share uh share those details. Of course. So a couple of things I'm excited about. I'm I'm doing my mentoring coaching program on how to find off-market deals with limited time and money. Um, and so that's something I'm excited about. Just DM me on Instagram. That that's the only way you're gonna get more details at this point, but it's gonna get streamlined. Mm-hmm. But past that, I think a project that I'm even more excited about lately is this A-frame that I kind of hinted at. This is my latest project with me and my mentor, Scotty. Um, there's a, an A-frame that's close to the airport in Seattle area, and it has a lot of potential. So just walking into this, jumping into Airbnb, I'm, I'm not super uh, well-versed in short term, but um, I'm excited to dive into it to learn something new and to make some money along the way. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Tanner, for sharing that with us. And I'm I'm sure that the millionaires out there are going to be checking you out and some of the things that you have going on. Cause like I said, man, you have it going on. I appreciate you for sharing the gems. And um, as always, millionaires, I want to thank you for all being a part of the show week in and week out. I want to thank you all in advance for becoming the change agents that you're bound to become as you apply the principles, especially that you heard today. Um, with that being said, I'm your guy, Kai Speaks. You just heard it from the investor Tanner on creative ways to buy real estate. Just remember to keep focus, build momentum and drive results so you can live abundantly. Peace. Hey, guys. So thanks to you all, the Million Dollar Mind podcast has went global. The number one passion and attraction podcast in the world right now with huge support from the UK, Ireland, France, Belgium, Tanzania, and of course the United States. With this accomplishment, we are getting bigger and better than ever. Now that said, we are soon incorporating video production and YouTube platform to the show so you guys can witness the podcast in full effect. You can now become a supporter of the Million Dollar Mind podcast by visiting the link in the description below. Share your support with me via email and you will receive a free gift. Tis the season to give. Peace.